This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 14th, episode 2181. Good morning, horse world. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned... And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Sheila Knoll talks about hoof art and Mustangs this morning. And then Connie Caudill has the latest on the AERC Young Rider programs. And Aaron Riley Kelly has a preview of the upcoming Torrey Creek ride in Eureka, Nevada. All coming up on today's show. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Welcome back, everybody. And Karen is here the second Tuesday of every month talking about endurance. And it's weird that the second Tuesday is on the 14th this month. It seems so late because you're usually here earlier in the month. I know yeah. because it just so happened just that the that way. Tuesday fell after the first. And so it's it's the middle of the month already. And we're going to mix things up a little bit on today's show, because what's been happening lately is we get talking about other stuff and what's going on in the world of (laughs) endurance, and we never get to Karen's endurance tip of the month. So we're going to start with Karen's endurance tip of the month. And of course, Karen is a well-known rider in the endurance world, has been doing this show for a very long time. Five, six years, probably. Uh, At least, we, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And we appreciate that, Karen. So, all right, <laughs> let's start with your endurance. And okay. well, you know what we also don't mention at the beginning of the show ever, and we always mention at the end, is you have a blog that you've written over the last probably 10 years or longer. And uh-huh. that's available with a ton of good information on it. You know, if the article was written 10 years ago, it doesn't matter. It's still relevant. So where can people right. find that? Let's start with um, that. It just... Use my name, KarenChatton.com, and I've got lots of tips, lots of photos showing stuff. Like, for example, today's tip is about how to secure your saddlebags and packs so they don't bounce. And I know I have done blog posts on that with photos showing how to do that. Before you get to the don't bounce part, uh, for Uh for the people who have (laughs) never ridden with the saddlebag, what do you use? What's out there trying to kind of give a saddlebag and pack 101? Well, basically for, you know, if you're going to be out for several hours on the trail, endurance riding, trail riding, whatever, you want to be able to carry some water with you, maybe some sunscreen, chapstick, toilet paper, a little bit of first aid stuff, you know, things like that. You know, some endurance riders pack everything, including the kitchen sink and others are more minimalists. But in either case, you also want maybe a spare hoof boot, uh, you know, a roll of vet wrap, you know, things like that. If if you need medications or whatever, uh, those types of things you want to be able to secure and you want them to 
be on your saddle in a way so that when you start trotting or cantering or uh, moving along or even just walking, you don't want them rubbing you or your horse bouncing on your knee. So ideally what you're going to want to do is you want to take your pack and attach it. And, and we're going to talk about packs a little bit later on this morning with Kristen from the Distance Depot because they sell a huge variety of saddlebags and packs and water bottle holders or things to carry your cell phone in or whatever. So you want to attach it in a way so that it's not going to bother you or bother your horse or cause any irritation or rubbing or, you know, any kinds of problems and and that way but you also want to be able to access the stuff that's in it quickly and easily if you need to like if you need to follow a trail with a map you want to be able to access that quickly or a gps or if you do have a phone um and you know really should probably carry the phone on you rather than on your horse but it it just depends different types of riding and situations you're gonna you know maybe place your phone or your GPS on your saddlebag. So what I do is I attach the packs and then you're going to want to put in them whatever it is you're going to be using while you're on your ride. So put, you know, water in your water bottles and put the water bottles in the pack if that's what you're going to be using while you're riding. Because otherwise, if you attach the packs and and then next, and they look secure, nothing looks like it's going to bounce or wiggle around. And then once you add the extra weight or the, of uh, the volume of the water bottle or whatever it is that you're putting in, and then next thing you know, it's going, you know, thump, thump, thump against your knee or against your horse. Not good. Uh, that's not good. So what I do is, um, there's a couple things. Um, you, and of course you can use a variety of items to, secure stuff, but, um, get some boot laces, like boot laces are really long. And so those will give you, you know, all the length you need to tie to one of the D rings on your saddle and then come around and wrap it around your pack, however you need to. And those work good for stuff. You know, if you're going to just keep it, you know, cinched down snug for the most part, the best thing I have found is I go to the local fabric store and they sell bungee by the yard and they have it in different widths and thicknesses. And I buy it. It's just a little round cord. It's about maybe the size of a thick rubber band or a, a shoelace or like a round boot lace. Get it like at Michael's? Something um, like that? Possibly, yeah. yes. I I go to it's a million fabrics, but I think you know the other fabric stores that are chains like Joann's or whatever, depending on your part of the country, should also have it. Um, or you can even just buy plain elastic th- by the yard, or mm-hmm. you know they might even sell it in packs where it's just a yard or two of it at a time. And or it's. There you go. You can find anything there, right? Or and they have any and colors. I'm Amazon, sorry. Amazon, probably. <laughs> and Walmart will have it um, too. And so I, and it's fairly inexpensive by the yard, at least where I am. It's only like 30 to 50 cents a yard. So you, you buy a couple dollars worth of it and then you cut it to size. And what I do is I cut it and then I knot it together. 
so that it's like a round, like a big rubber band. And then I put it through my D-ring and then I feed it through itself. So now it's attached to the D-ring. And then I can take the pack and slip the pack through it and maybe wrap it around once or twice. But like I said before, you got to make sure you have everything in the pack that's going to be there when you're actually riding. So before, that, before you do that, otherwise you're, yeah, I see. You won't be able to fit the stuff in the pack. if you make it Exactly. Right. That'll yeah. be the problem. Or you're going to go back to it, you know, bouncing around on you anyway. And of course the packs do come with straps and stuff that you can also use to help cinch and tie them down. But that I have found often isn't, enough to keep them from you know just even if it's just a subtle movement it can really you know come to irritate you or your horse over the course of several hours of riding so um the but the bungee by the yard or regular elastic or whatever really can help and and it's it's easy to work with because you can if it's not tight enough you can um you know, tighten it up if you need to, or loosen it up. And but I always have some of that with me in my trailer, and uh, you know, the back door of my trailer, so that if I need to quickly a, a, attach something. And I also use that. Um, I have it on the front of my um, pommel on my saddles, so that if I need to take off a jacket or something during the ride, I and then I just slip it through the elastic and it holds it down without bouncing and that's how I'll attach a jacket as well hmm. Work, works really good so what have, what have you been doing Jennifer I actually have I don't remember the brand name of it one of those stowaway packs that goes okay. on the, behind your saddle Uh huh. and this one is made for an English saddle so it has two big adjustable loops good. So you can slide uh-huh. it over the panels underneath so it basically makes a loop around the panel of the saddle and it just has a number of different pockets on it and that's what i put miscellanea in now i only go out for short rides compared to you so i don't really need quite as much stuff the Mm -hmm. one i'm struggling with is the water bottle i have to put Mm -hmm. the water bottle in front of the saddle i discovered because um, otherwise we never go slow Uh enough to reach behind me to get a water bottle yes (laughs) not that i don't want to go slower just can't manage it yet we're not that good at it yet uh, so I have to figure out a way to attach a water bottle holder to the front of my English saddle, which is a little bit more of a challenge because most of this stuff is made for either a Western or an endurance type saddle and the front of a mm-hmm. all-purpose saddle is designed a little bit different. So that is my challenge right now is to put a uh-huh. water bottle in the front. Right. And the elastic idea works really good the way I loop it through a D-ring because that way it's easy to undo it for cleaning or for, you know, whatever, if you just want to take the pack off. Because sometimes you'll end up, I know I have in the past, end up putting so many straps and wraps and things to tie everything on. It It's like Fort Knox to get into it or to take it off. <laughs> At the yeah, end yeah. of the day when you're really halfway through, yeah. when you're really yeah. tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> 
It's like I didn't need that. Uh, I didn't need that power bar that much anyway. Exactly. <laughs> so, what do you carry in your pack? Let's say you're going out for a fifty or a hundred. What do you have in your pack? Well, I have like a little mini pack of either Kleenex or a um, mostly used roll of toilet paper flattened down and put into a baggie. And I have, I'll have that. I usually have some chapstick. And uh, sunscreen, I've always got a hoof pit clipped on the rear of my saddle because you just never know, you know, it's amazing how many times I've lent that out to other people, especially, Um, you know, and then I've got a multi-tool plier type thing with a knife on it. That's been very handy. A couple of snacks, like a goo or, like you said, a power bar, something along those lines. Um, water. Um, if I know I, I've, I'm going to be out there for three or four hours between vet checks, I'll pack a, a like a gallon-sized baggie, like a third full maybe, um, of grain or a complete feed type thing for my horse. And that's also handy for, you know, whenever, if you stop to take a break or even if you stop at the vet check and you're in a line, you can pull that out and feed your horse. And and so that's one of the things that I, I like to have with me. Um, I like a roll of that's vet wrap. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. A roll of vet wrap. Um, Band-Aids for and, the blisters? And a, yes, a small first aid <laughs> kit with Band-Aids because you just never know. Um, y- you know, I have a small little, um, you can get these at the dollar store, the little plastic containers of uh, for carrying pills and medication. And I usually have something like maybe Excedrin and some Benadryl, you know, that kind of stuff in there because um, you never know when you might get stung by a, you know, wasp or something and um the benadryl is helpful for that um trying to think what else i might might have that's probably the the most of it that sounds like it would fill your pack up that's for sure yes well and i don't i usually only have like one pack a, a pommel pack on on me and then of course i often will also if i'm writing um out of camp all day, for sure I'll have a spare hoof boot with me. Do you put that in the pack or attached to the pack? You know, they have packs for that. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, if you do need your spare boot, most likely you're kind of going to be in a hurry. So I find I'm better off just attaching the boot by itself and using the elastic around it on one of the D-rings on the rear of the saddle. And that usually works about the best because then it's quick and easy to get to it and use it uh, you know right away without having to pull it in in the pack and then put another one back in you just you know quickly put it back on the saddle and wrap the elastic around it and then it's not going to bounce which is nice and um, you know so those are you know the basic things that I have and then also in the front I that's usually where I will um, keep if I have a map, unless if I have a pocket on my shirt, then I keep my map and my vet card in that. But otherwise I put it in the pack on the front of the saddle so that I always know where it is and can get to it quickly. And we've had, uh, there's been a discussion going on in the auditor room about phones and how to, how to hold your phone. Do you have your phone on you? 
I usually do have it on me. You what know, do you unless... use? Do you use, uh, just put it in your pocket or what do you do? Usually, and you know, some of the newer tights these days, most of us are, are getting with the the pocket on the leg. Yeah, have the phone pocket. On, on, yeah. on our writing Hello. tights. thing ever. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so it makes you wonder why they didn't do that when phones first came out 10 years ago. <laughs> well, they weren't that big when they first came That's out. That's true. <laughs> true. They are big They've now. Gotten... Do they fit your big phone? Do you have a big one? Um, It's not real big. It's like five inches. Oh, yeah. It's the I six inches that cause trouble. Yes, it's yeah. big compared to 20 years ago, of course. <laughs> but yes, and and so, uh, you know, you still got to keep an eye on it so that it can't, you know, creep out on you or or whatever. But those that works about the best is, is having the phone there on that side pocket on the tights. That, that works really good. Or in a shirt pocket. But again, uh, the manufacturers need to start making... The shirt pocket's bigger. Bigger, yeah, to fit phones. Yep. <laughs> to You're fit right. the bigger phones. Because I've got several Sun shirts that the, they've got pockets, but they're just not big enough. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about specific packs and the types you can buy coming up with Kristen from Distance Depot in just a minute. But, you know, it wasn't last week or the week before we had for our health segment here on a Wednesday, we had Dr. Loving on, who you knew, apparently. Uh Uh, Yeah. Uh And she's out your way. And uh, we were talking about tetanus, and apparently you had a little trouble with uh, tetanus vaccination. Yes, it was like ironic, the timing of that, because, I mean, one of the core vaccines is the tetanus, because horses are really susceptible to it. So, you know, and especially with my horse, the way he dismantles things in my barn and pulls trim pieces off <laughs> and all of that sort of stuff. Um, in fact, even this year he punctured himself. He pulled some trim off of my barn cause he's bored due to the weather. He hasn't gotten to go to any rides yet this season. So he gets himself into Not trouble. I'm mad at you. And you won't come out I, and play. <laughs> I know. And so, I mean, we try to ride regularly. I mean, we do. And as much as possible, given the weather conditions. And so I know he's susceptible to getting an injury. And, you know, along those lines, I want to protect him the best I can. And tetanus is something that is in the soil. Horses can get it just from getting a small minor wound. So I gave him their their tetanus vaccinations a couple weeks back, and they both had a reaction. And Chief's uh, reaction wow. was just some swelling at the injection site, which was, you know, not as big of a deal. However, Bo... He, I mean, I was like really nervous because he got stiff all over. It was almost like if you've seen a horse that's tied up and they're walking really stiff legged and sore all over. That's how he was. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, really worried me, but, um, you know, fortunately, you know, he got over it. It wasn't, didn't get any worse than that, luckily. And he didn't really have any swelling or anything like that. He was just sore all over. And and so um, it was kind of ironic that, that you were discussing the topic on one of your other shows. And uh, but I do agree with with the vet. It's it's an important vaccine to have. And uh, I remember just, I said even, you know, 
people getting them because I had one last year when I cut myself uh-huh. and boy, that sucker hurts for days. I, it, it does. That's one uh-huh. of the hurtiest, uh, if that's a word, it, that's one of the hurtiest vaccinations you can get. It just is sore. I know. Yeah. And I mean, I had one, remember I got hit in the face with the disc golf frisbee oh, that's right. and got the stitches. And of that's course right. I got the vaccine and I, I think the vaccination in my arm hurt more than the 14 the, stitches. It did. And it, it stayed and, for, <laughs> taste, stayed for days, didn't it? It just was sore and throbbing. Yeah, it was. So I totally understood what the horses felt like, but I don't ever remember them being sore from a vaccine. Well, they're not as young as they used to be either. I wonder if that makes a difference. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think one of my vets posted, she thought that maybe before I got the vaccines, they hadn't been handled properly or something, which is possible. Hmm. You know, you you don't know, but um, yeah, you get it. And I'm kind of almost surprised at the number of people that were telling me that they don't vaccinate their horses at all. And I'm, I mean, I was like, really? But I guess there's, there's a lot of people that are so afraid of vaccinations that they don't vaccinate for anything. And I'm not sure that's wise either. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if you travel with your horses or, or whatever, but I mean, especially for tetanus, it's, that's a pretty serious thing. Um, So, Anyways, they seem to be doing really good now. We've been on a couple of long rides and and been out and the wildflowers are out and everything's looking really great. We actually, I think we got up to 80 degrees yesterday for the first time. Wow. You know, what's funny is I saw one of our auditors in Canada saying, it's not going to be over 30 degrees the next 10 days. It's like, geez, I couldn't do it. Hey, I know we got we got more storms coming. It's, this is a crazy year. Crazy. Before, before we get to uh, Kristen uh, from Distance Depot, and it looks like I have, um, let me see here. Looks like we might have lost our connection. I'm still here. Yeah, no, we might have lost our connection to uh, to Kristen. Uh, no, it looks like Jennifer lost her connection. So uh, she's trying to get back on to get Kristen. So she'll be dealing with that. But in the meantime, one of the tips we gave before, we just talked about your horse that eats everything in sight, uh, was (laughs) you had said about using Irish spring soap. Uh, And basically you coat the walls or the chewy spots or wherever they're going with Irish spring soap and it keeps them from chewing. How did that work out? It worked out really good. In fact, I mean, I have tried the no chew stuff and the stuff you paint on. I've tried the hot pepper. You know, I've tried all the all sorts of things. Yeah, we. I mean, we've all tried cayenne, a, yes, a slurry of cayenne, yes. and all that. Uh huh. And and he liked that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, well, he likes spicy not, Mexican food. I know. And it, uh, and the thing was, it wasn't like he was wanting to just chew on the wood to just chew on it. But he wants to pull things apart. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to take the trim off or pull the entire wall off of yeah. the <laughs> barn or just whatever. Yes. He just wants to dismantle stuff. If I could hire him out, that would be great. <laughs> you know, and he wants to move the stall mats around. And He's just I mean, rearranging his house. I know those things he'd are be, so got, heavy. He'd be one of those. He'd be one of those that had an apartment and was changing the furniture every week, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so somebody suggested 
Irish spring soap. I thought, oh, it doesn't hurt to try it. I have some. And, and so I rubbed that all over everything and all around the edges of the stall mats. Because outside of the stall, I have a bunch of stall mats because my paddocks have a lot of sand. And that way it keeps the sand from coming into the stalls or it reduces it, you know, by a large amount. So I have what I call the outdoor stall mats. And Bo would rearrange them, move them around. Like he thinks it's a puzzle or something. I mean, I would find them out in the field. Like a Rubik's Cube, his own Rubik's Cube. Exactly. (laughs) So I rubbed that soap all over the edges of everything. And I mean, it, it, he didn't touch anything. And then last week or the week before it rained twice, two days in a row and washed the soap off. (laughs) So suddenly the stall mats are back to being rearranged (laughs) again. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how you're going to make Irish Springs stay when it rains. No, but see, that's the good part is if, you know, you're rubbing it all over your walls and your, you know, your trim and edges and stuff. If you do need to, you know, repaint or whatever, you just can hose it off. You know, versus the no chew stuff if you paint it on. and It smells a lot better than the cayenne pepper uh, slurry, too. Yeah, exactly. Because the last time I bought the no chew stuff in the gallon, I buy it by the gallon. (laughs) They only had it in brown. So, of course, once you paint it on, at least you know where you painted it, but it looks awful. Exactly. So so the the soap worked really good. And like I said, until it rained two days in a row. Well, we can say then uh, you can use Irish Spring in places where it doesn't get wet. Inside the barn, you're good. Or you got to reapply it. Or reapply it, yeah. Yeah. And your mats will be clean. So there's that. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I have some stall mats I need to go put back in place. <laughs> in right. their proper place. <laughs> and we had we also had some people asking last week about moving stall mats and they asked what I recommended was a cheap option to move stall mats and by the way <laughs> that's C-clamps. You can get them at any hardware store. Just get the C-clamps. They're like $4. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, you just they they have the twisty thing on them and you twist them on tight. It takes 2 seconds and then the clamp itself acts as the handle. So Yes, or I'll lease my horse out for that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, so, yes, she'll come over. He's and, available he'll, actually. He'll come over I and mean, take care of it. You don't even got to pay me. I'll, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Kristen is here to follow up on our conversation about saddlebags. Good morning, Kristen. Hi, Karen and Glenn. How are you this morning? Good. Good. So did you did you hear us talking about saddle packs already? A little no, bit. I missed oh, it. you just yep. missed it. Okay. Well, we were talking about, I was talking about how to secure the packs so they don't bounce awesome. with yeah. like a rubber bungee or uh, shoelaces, that kind of stuff. Um, So you're going to tell us about all of the different options and what's available with saddlebags and packs and water bottle or cell phone holders. Okay. Yes, we have a whole page dedicated to the saddlebags and water bottle holders and cell phone holders and and so much more. Um, If you go to For the Rider and just look for saddle packs and cell phone holders, you'll find that page. Um, We carry uh, and we stock the Easy Care bags. They have packs for for the Cantle area. They have packs for the Palmall area. They even have an Easy Boot bag that you can put an Easy Boot in case you lose a shoe. Um, And so much more in that Easy Boot bag. Um, 
it, that particular bag, as all of their bags have tons of little compartments to put, if you're putting your keys or, you know, hoof picks, um, a sandwich, (laughs) a jacket, um, Mm -hmm. just lots of different pockets. And some of these packs come with water bottles and some you can add your own. I actually use the Easy Care Stowaway Pommel, and I put my own water bottles in there. I like it. It has a little less on the front of the horse, if you will. There's a Easy Care Deluxe Stowaway Pommel, which does have the water bottles, but I find that puts it, you know, quite a little bit sticking out because there's a pocket in front of those water bottles, so there's quite a little bit sticking out on the shoulder of your mm-hmm. horse. So it's all, um, and, and most of these packs are all dependent on what type of saddle you have. So if it doesn't state specifically English, um, it will fit on most endurance saddles. Okay. Um, the English stowaway really is designed for, for an English saddle, um, which sits on the cantle. So look for the style that would work best for your saddle. They give you tons of straps on these packs so that, like you say, you can tie them down, anchor them down to your girth rigging, whatever it takes to keep it from bouncing. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is anchored down to my billets, so... So it stays nice and nice and still. But there's plenty of room in these packs, too, which is really nice. Right. Um, and, of course, we have other brands, too. We have a Trailmax brand, which is really nice, made out of some pretty, um, pretty nice quality materials. They actually have a water bottle holder that is pretty terrific. It's called the Trailmax 500 Series Water Pocket, um, and it has a, another little pocket on front of the holder. But they give you a great big long strap to to tie it down. It's a stainless steel container. So for those that don't like the plastic water bottles, um, this would be a good solution. And it holds quite a bit of water, Mm -hmm. too. So that's nice. Um, And then, of course, Cashel has um, some different water bottles that we offer. Um, A real little one and a couple bigger ones. And even one that you could put your um, cell phone in. you know, or a GPS unit. The cell Mm -hmm. phone, of course, most of us want to keep it on our person Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that in case we become separated from the horse, we have the cell phone with us um, and not on the horse. You mean your horse can't phone home? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, not at all. I know. And I had a friend, I had a friend that happened to, and she was like, you know, I could have gone somewhere or if a rider came upon me. I don't have anybody's cell phone number memorized anymore, you know. Oh, no. It's all in my phone, right? It's lucky you remember uh-huh. your so, your spouse's phone number exactly, anymore. I, mean, exactly. I know. Yeah. So um, for, for those of us who want to do that, we have, um, of course, like a, a waste bag called the Easy Care Stowaway Utility Pack, so like, kind of like a fanny pack. It's pretty small as far as, you know, Probably those with old flip phones would probably fit in there. But for your bigger phones, you're going to want to go with something like the horse holster or the Fitletic Forte mm-hmm. um, arm. There's an armband um, by Fitletic. And so we have two sizes, the Surge and the Forte. So we'll fit most of the big phones, but your really big phones, you're going to have to go probably with something like the horse holster. And the nice thing about the horse holster is it used to have to be worn on your thigh, but for those that don't find that comfortable, she has made it so that you can take the strap off and actually feed it through a belt loop. So if you happen to ride with a belt okay. on your tights, um, yeah, so now you can put that um, on your hip and mm-hmm. you don't have to wear it around your thigh, which is pretty nice. 
Um, I don't find it really comfortable on my thigh. I have plenty of riders who do, but I'd prefer it like on, on a belt loop. Right. And but, but you also colors. Okay. You also have tights that have the pockets now too, right? Absolutely. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. We have tons of tights with pockets. That's the big thing. Everybody yeah. likes to put that in there. And the pocket is so nice and snug. Most of them are on your thigh and the pocket mm-hmm. stays so snug that you really don't have to worry about your cell phone bouncing mm-hmm. out of there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's a great solution too. Okay. Well, tell us your website and phone number. Okay. We are www.thedistancedepot.com and our phone number is 866-863-2349. Great. Thanks, Kristen, for joining us again. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks. All right. Take care. Didn't you lose your cell phone on a ride? I did because I I had it. I did. And it came, I had it in my son's shirt pocket. It was uh, obviously the pocket wasn't big enough and it fit like three quarters of the way in and I was wearing a jacket and it worked its way up and out of the pocket and then slowly slipped down between my jacket and shirt and fell out and it was missing on the trail we went back two weeks later and you found it right and we found it and it had been out there in the rain and the snow and the freezing conditions and guess what? It worked. I, what kind? Was it an iPhone? It was an Android Samsung active model. You know, and I've the, only stuck with the active model since because they're waterproof. You know, I'm still using the Samsung um, that I got. Uh, remember I dropped this on the track when I broke my ribs over at Daytona Beach on oh. the raceway at 40 miles an hour. It flew out and it, it cracked oh, the bottom corner, but that phone is still working a year and a half later. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's that... the S8. So uh-huh. Samsung makes tough phones. They really do. And I had a case on it, but it wasn't like an otter case. It was like, okay. just a, you know, it's a regular yes, case. Yes, um, I was on a ladder and the, I dropped my phone onto my um, pavers, concrete, basically, from a ladder, and it didn't break the phone. I think it depends how it hits. If it's on the corner, you're pr- you're probably screwed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know it, well, if it right, hits it, flat on the back, yeah, you have a better yeah. chance. Than well, I've, <laughs> I've broken a few glass screen protectors, but the actual screen on the phone has never broken. I've been really lucky. We're going to have and... to do a survey on, uh, we'll have to do this sometime on our Facebook page on uh-huh. what uh, phone protectors people use. Because right. there's so many out there and there's some that are really good and some that are not, aren't so good, but it would be interesting to see what, what people use because horse people are, you know, are really rough on their phones. We so, are. Because yes. they'll, they'll fall out while we're on the horse or, or into the whatever water bucket. we drop them. Yeah. Or I've, I've <laughs> dropped it on the back lawn and then it's overnight on the sp- in the sprinklers <laughs> done that you need I've to had keep it, better track of your phone i've had it jump out into the toilet <laughs> yeah or I, I common ones drop into water buckets in the barn you're filling a water bucket you're looking at your phone and then you drop it uh, exactly that's a common one too I, know. I think they're making the new ones are a lot more waterproof than they used to be so yeah. that helps yeah. uh it, definitely <laughs> but we've all had the uh phone in the rice before we've all done that uh you know uh-huh. trying to and praying for a day or two all right <laughs> your next guest is ready great we have a sheila and i'm not really sure how her last name is pronounced i'll let her I'm tell us Noel. that 
I'm, that's what I'm guessing. Uh, she makes custom horse jewelry out of horse hooves. She's also an endurance rider herself. And I know she recently has also adopted a BLM Mustang that came from my area in Nevada. So welcome, Sheila. How are you this morning? Good morning. And uh, the last name is Noel, just like Noel. Okay. Yay, I got it right. Huh. I don't often do that, yeah. Sheila. I'm known for getting everybody's name wrong. So I get a point today. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Glenn. <laughs> yes, but that's good. Uh, well, Sheila, tell us a little about how you came to start making and designing this horse jewelry out of horse hooves. Actually, I can't take credit for the design, for the, for the original idea. Um, I was searching for a, a way to memorialize one of my horses. And I didn't really like the typical horsehair bracelet. I came across it on the on the internet and decided that um, since I was taking a, a lapidary class working with stones, that I'd try to go ahead and see if I could do this myself. Uh-huh. Um, after a little bit of experimenting, I, I think I've got it down. Um, constantly searching for new settings so we can keep all the all the uh, individual pieces of jewelry you need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, it takes probably the worst thing I have to deal with is actually drying the hoof because when I get them, they're usually not dry enough. So I have to take them and put them in the food dehydrator for like seven to ten days to get it um, rock hard. Because this is actually, you know, if you if you cut a hoof, it's really fresh and it's soft and it's very pliable. Mm-hmm. I normally let them, you know, dry and then um, dry them some more in the dehydrator. To they're actually as hard as a stone. Right. Yes, they have a lot of moisture in them when you first, you know, get them off of your horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So what's the pro- what is the process that, that's involved with turning a, a hoof clipping into a nice piece of jewelry? Well, the first thing I have to do is, is get to look at the clipping that I've gotten and try to find the most unique um, color-wise. You know, if you've got a striped tooth, it adds more interest. Um, and also make sure that the amount of hoof that I have to work with will actually fit in the setting that has been chosen. Mm-hmm. Um my sizes can go from three millimeters up to a 14 by 16 millimeter, which is actually quite a good chunk of hoof. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the hoof is actually so dry and so hard at that point that I'm having to use uh, a dremel and a little diamond cutting blade to go ahead and, and get the rough shape cut out. And from there, it's just... Um, grinding and shaping with um, with sandpaper going down to an actual polishing um, grit to get shine to it. Because when you're when you're actually going through the process, it looks very dull and uninteresting until you put the final polishing grit on and actually I use a um, a sealant mm-hmm. to keep the shine. Also, try to keep the moisture out. Now these you know these aren't diamonds. So I, I try to tell everybody that if you've got a ring, you 
probably going to last longer if you take it off when you wash your hands because you don't sure. want any moisture going back into the hoof. Right. Right. And so how much hoof would somebody need to send you? Um, if you, if I've done one Mustang that his hoof was, um, no thicker than like, uh, a sixteenth of an inch. Okay. I had to take multiple, um, sections of the hoof to actually fill the, the setting that she wanted. And it, it turned out to be a very, very flat piece. Um, there was no, uh, round shape to it. Mm-hmm. Because the, the section was just so flat, there was no hoof to work with. I know. And if she wanted a smaller piece, I could have gone down to like a, a five or six millimeter, but the one she chose was a 14 millimeter. Okay. But I know I tried to send a, do- a little extra size. to you when I did mine, and then my dog ate the one horse's <laughs> trimmings. So I know I, I wasn't able to send you as much for the second horses I had wanted to when you did mine. <laughs> yeah, but the, the um, typically that's, that's the amount I want. I always okay. like to have a, a little bit more just in case something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some very, very soft feet, but no matter how, how much I drive them, I was, wasn't really able to get a good, solid, hard piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say I noticed your um, chief's hooves were much harder than bows. Uh-huh. And I, w- I was, um, what I found is the, uh, the, the old saying, you know, that the white hooves are the softer, it, that's not necessarily true. Right. Uh-huh. Because some, some of my thoroughbreds have black feet and their, their hoof is very, very, very soft. It's almost too soft to work with, even huh? after drying it. And oh, what, wow. what kind of jewelry? What what options do people have? Um, I can make rings, um, pendants. Um, I've actually got some settings that are being shipped from Indonesia, which will allow me to incorporate in like a, a ring, the actual ring portion. I'll do some some macrame with the actual horse uh, with the hair to insert in there and then I can put this um, my my trademark hoof in a, in a smaller a six to eight millimeter setting and actually solder that to the ring so that would be a combination of the horse hair and the hoof and um, what kind I, of what kind of tell us a little bit about the price range for most of your jewelry um, a simple pendant, which wouldn't be sterling silver, would be around $50, um, all the way up to 125 for the more complicated horsehair okay. jewelry and, and the hoof combination. I, I try to tell people it's typically less than what you're going to pay the farrier for one visit. <laughs> right. <laughs> this, la- this lasts a little bit longer. Yeah, yes. Oh, it's a great way to memorialize a special horse uh, or for a gift for somebody too. Mm-hmm. As I, long I, as um, yeah. As long as they know you're taking their horses with clippings. 
<laughs> yeah, I've, I've had well, if you don't, the dog's gonna. So I mean, it doesn't really matter. I right? know. Yeah. I I had some yeah, really had good to... ones, and my dog ate them, Glenn. I swear. <laughs> Yeah, but the, the one with the, the little Pranston horse pendant, where you actually had the, the hoof, hoof wall, the white line, and a little bit of sole, that, that really yellowish portion. That yeah. quite nice. Yeah, I, I love that. That came out really nice. Yes. Yes. So it was yeah, good timing. How, how, uh-huh. how can you make jewelry out of horse hoof? Doesn't it smell? <laughs> uh, that is a question. Not, not, not anymore. No, I ask people, you know, to soak it in bleach, um, just to get rid of any um, any possibility of any disease that could be imported. Because I I do have horses of my own, um, and since I live in Ocala. I don't want any outbreak. But once sure. it's, once it's dry and been soaked, you've killed everything. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And you don't want to package it in plastic, right? When you send it? Oh, oh no. When when I got yours, they were actually green fungus going on them. Oh. <laughs> so what do you send them in? You just put them right. in paper? Or... Yeah, just, just a normal envelope and, you know, like double and triple split up. Just, a, you know, the brown, um, Noah craft type envelopes. I imagine even the um, Tyvek type envelopes you get would work because they would breathe. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So, and you have a Facebook page and is that the best place yeah. for people to find you is on the, it's Equigems, E-Q-U-I dash G-E-M-S. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got some, some samples up there um, and trying to, to get some pieces you know, before I send the piece out, I try to take a picture of it so everybody can see what what um, uh-huh. what can be done just left over horses. Yes, I love mine. They came out great. Oh, that's great. I also work with some rescues. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to be rich enough to donate money to all the rescues around here, both Mustangs and, and the Arab rescues. So what I, I do for them is if somebody is sponsoring a horse or if they have contribute X number of dollars, I will make a piece of jewelry for that person that's contributed to the rescue. Oh, nice. Nice. And you have adopted a BLM Mustang yourself, haven't you? Yes. I got him in January. He was a, um, a long yearling. I specifically was looking for a, a shorter horse as I'm getting older. And he came from the Pine Nut area, and they're noted for their tiny little ponies. Well, oh, unfortunately, okay. this guy had to spend the winter in the holding pen where he had access to lots and lots and lots of food. So uh, imagine my surprise when I went to pick him up in Ocala, where he was the biggest one in the pen. He was almost 14'3 when I got him. And oh. He was Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, what wasn't the little pony I was looking for, but that's that's okay. He's turned out to be very very sensible. You know, he's oh, good he's being led around. Um, uh huh. Haven't put too much pressure on him as if he was one of the ones in the hundred day competition because you know 
I'm not under any any pressure for that. So we're just taking our time. Oh, good. Good. Yes, we have beautiful herds here. I, I live in the Pine Nuts, actually. So um, I'm right here. And uh, the most we have our one local herd and it's only maybe six or eight miles as the bird flies from where I am. So um, anytime I want to go out there, I can go watch them. And yes, they're just, they're gorgeous. And the, they do really good on the range here, plenty of food and water. So they're healthy. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to hear that uh, when they do need to reduce the numbers and they uh, round them up, they get adopted out. So that's, that's nice to know. Yeah. He, um, He's actually my Mustang that I've adopted. Um, the first one my husband actually used for endurance. Okay. He didn't want to ride one of my expensive Arabs. So um, <laughs> I was new to the Mustang, and this was back in 1998, and you didn't have Facebook, and the Internet was just beginning. So we were um, our, our biggest choice when we were looking around was one that had a soft eye. And one that looked like he wasn't going to kill us. Oh. Because, <laughs> so you know, at, at that point in time, the Mustangs weren't well known. And, you know, they were wild and crazy and loco and you couldn't tame them. Uh-huh. But um, that's that's not true. Right. In fact, I was quite quite proud of that guy because he carried my hubby around. They weren't, they weren't the fastest in the limited distance, but you know, he was always a safe mouth. He never did anything silly. Oh, good. Well, Karen, we have to wrap here. The Facebook page is Equa-Gems. You can find it at Equa-Gems is where you'll find it. And it, there's, I was looking at the pictures here. You do some great work. It's really cool. And, of course, hooves are all different colors. So that, you know, uh-huh. you, you get what your horse it's has. Unique. You know, that's... Yes. A, yes. Which, which, which is kind of neat, too. It's pretty cool. Well, thanks a bunch. Well, we appreciate thanks, you joining Sheila. us. Okay. Well, thank you. Have a good day. You know, it's good, good talking to you. Okay, bye. All right, we need to uh, talk a little bit about Renegade. Yes, Renegade hoof boots for the times where I'm not riding barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the boots are great. Uh, they're made in the USA. RenegadeHoofBoots.com is where you can find them. Uh, the company's great about helping people size and fit and find the appropriate model and size of boot to fit your horse. Uh, the the parts can be changed. Uh, so if you wear one part out, you can uh, keep the rest of the boot and then just replace or repair the part that you need, which is a nice feature of the boots. Uh, they come in several different colors and they come in a couple of different models as well as a glue-on version as well for those that want to glue on for a multi-day or a hundred or a special trip or something like that, you can. I like the strap-on version because they're so easy to use. I actually have had my juniors putting the boots on and taking them off of my horses for a few years now and they're able to do it without any problems or any trouble at all which is nice um and uh they give the horses the traction and the hoof protection that they need to go over just about any kind of train i've used them on you know tava's single day rides multi-day rides uh over lots and lots of tough 
you know, hard, rocky footing, and they offer excellent hoof protection and traction. And to learn more, just go to renegadehoofboots.com. Very good. Well, your next guest is ready. Oh, great. Uh, Our next guest is Connie Cottle, who is an AERC endurance rider and ride manager. And she also was involved with some of the young riders programs within the AERC. And welcome, Connie. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. (laughs) I love your accent. (laughs) (laughs) So give us an overview. Tell us a little bit about some of these um, young riders programs. Yes, this is a newer program. Um, We were contacted by the Australians about having the young riders come over to the United States and ride in one of our rides, and we do an exchange program with them, and we thought it was a great idea. So they came here in 2015, four of their kids rode here, and then we took a group over in 2016. And they, they supplied the horses, they paid for the entry fees, and um, it was a pretty exciting trip for the girls. And then it was all girls that time. And mm-hmm. then we hosted them again in California. A group of the Australians came back. And then we just raised the funds to send them to this next trip, which um, the, the young riders are anywhere from 14 to 21 years old. Okay. And they, and they um, applied for this. They filled out applications and then we just went through them and it was hard to select them because all of them were so great but we kept all the applications because we're hoping to have another one quickly um and maybe not so far away because internationally we can go anywhere so that's our plan and And, um, how how many over there it's are there how many of the young writers usually go Okay. Yeah, we have four, and then we're having two chaperones. Um, we're going to rent a – this is going to be different than the last time we were, We just rented a van and drove around. We're going to be in the outback, and they said it's pretty um, isolated. So there wasn't a place for them to put us up. So they suggested um, that we – they call them a caravan that we – hire a caravan they don't call rent a camper mm-hmm. but, um so i called about one it was very reasonable to rent one for a week and so that's what we decided to do and we're going to go to different campgrounds like we go to see different sites over there it's an educational thing as well as the endurance riding it's not um professional endurance riding it's more for fun and for, okay to get to know other countries and and we're trying to go to countries that think more like us, not just racing, but more endurance riding. Okay. Boy, every adult once has on a bucket list to go to Australia, and these kids get to do that. That's so cool. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. really neat. And, yeah. the, and it's, it's the best thing, I think, that we can have fun. They don't have to pay one cent to go. Wow. We're, we supply I mean, they don't have to sell candy bars. They don't have to, no. Oh, no, they did. They Yes, they did have oh, okay. help. Now, I should, I should clarify that. They have done tremendous. I have never seen a group of kids that have done so well in selling raffle tickets. And Distance Depot donated um, some tack 
That's what and I you heard. Renegade, you, you mentioned uh-huh. Renegade Boots just a minute ago. They donated uh-huh. six um, pair. Oh, great. Oh, nice. And Scoot Boots, Scoot Boots also donated a pair. Uh-huh. Then we have a pair of Wild Side Tights. We have several things that um, people donated to this. So that they raised more than half their, and I think this is amazing, more than half their airfare, which is oh, amazing to me. Great. And in the raffle. And we haven't had the raffle yet. It's going to be this weekend. And then I have a ride that I put on in Florida. And we have made this ride our um, benefit ride. And the veterinarians that have helped over the last few years haven't charged me a dime. Oh, nice. They work the ride. Mm -hmm. The people that come and do the timing for me, everyone just helps out and we do different things to raise money at that so um it's taken us a couple years but we have the funds to go now and the kids don't have to worry about finding the funds to go but they have been so helpful on this great and that's gator run that is gator run okay tell us tell us quickly a little bit about your ride oh well it's in florida i live in indiana in the in the summer and I live in Florida in the winter. So we ride all winter long down there and the ride is flat, of course, because it's in Florida. Um, and a lot of it's, it depends on the weather. This past year, we had a lot of rain in the summer down there. So a lot of the trail is in water, not, not boggy or anything like that because it's mostly sand underneath. But uh-huh. you're going through water. Um, there's there's a lot of wild pigs down there, um, so they kind of wallow around in that water. So it's not like you can run through it because there's holes in the in it. So you have to be careful going through it. Okay. Um, even though it's flat down there, you, but it is beautiful. It's in you know swamp area, but it's beautiful to ride down there. And I hope anyone that's down that way would would want to come. Yeah. We'll make it a nice relaxing type of ride. It's. Good, um, good. It's a laid back ride. And it's a couple days? It is. It's two day ride, um, a 25 and a 50 each day. Oh, good. Uh, So, back to the young riders, what are there any qualifications in order if if somebody had a junior that wants to do this? It's a really simple qualification if they've been doing endurance anytime at all. But if you were just starting out, it'll take a while. They have to have 500 endurance miles, which means it has to be 50 miles or up in order to apply. And um, a couple of the kids that applied are um, like we're within 100 miles and they said we're close. Well, we didn't really consider those applications. They had to have 500 miles. The other thing, and I've kind of learned some of this stuff from our Australian friends, because they've been doing the exchange longer than we have. Mm-hmm. And he said it was very important that you have kids that have ridden different horses in competition, which I don't think I would have thought about that. But he said that they've gotten to a place before and the kids were scared to death because they hadn't been on any a other different horse. horse. You know, the oh. one that they know. Uh-huh. And in competition, because competition, the horses act different. You know? Sure they do. <laughs> so, so, so in this, in the 500 miles, it has to be on more than one horse. Okay. And that is 
it. I mean, they have to be AERC okay. members. And the, and the miles have to be AERC miles. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Well, that pretty, seems pretty easy, though. Pretty, and they fill out an application. And the, ap- huh. the application, um, just ask basic questions. And, and what we want to know is, um, you know, like what has their um, high points been in their lives and what has been, you know, some hardships. And we kind of look at that and take that into consideration. Okay. Okay. And so if somebody was interested in, in this with, for their own child or somebody that they sponsor, is the best person to get in touch with? Or it, it, would that be you? It could or, be me, but the, the easiest the, way would be to contact the AERC The office. AERC office at aerc.org. Yes, and, okay. Yes. And, yeah. and they will put you in contact with me. We don't have... Um, the applications out at this time for the next trip, we will keep everyone that applied in this past one. So we'll add to that. So anyone that wants to sign their young, young riders, they're not kids or young riders. Right. Um, right. Up, you know, can, whenever we get the applications going again, which we'll probably do that after this trip sometime to get the next one going. Um, but we will have to raise some funds and stuff again, but I'm hoping to find some people. And I don't know if, if your podcast is listened to all over the world or just in the U S can you tell me that? Uh, yes, know? it's, it's all over. Uh huh. Okay. So if anyone's listening over. out there, we have a lot of listeners from, actually in Australia. And, that's our third largest uh-huh. listening audience. Oh, well, great. We love Australia. And I'll tell you what, we have not met one mean person over there. They're the finest <laughs> people I think I've ever been around. Um, but um, we would really like to find a closer place that might not be so expensive. Um, it's a, from Los Angeles. I'm, I'm meeting up with most of the young riders in Los Angeles, and we're flying over as a group, except for one who's flying out of San Francisco. And we'll meet in Sid- Sydney and then um, fly up to um, Brisbane together. Okay. But um, if it's fifth, it's like it's like thirteen to fourteen hours from Los Angeles. Uh huh. it's a long to flight. Sydney. I mean, it's a long flight. So we would inexpensive. So we would like to find some place in Europe, or it doesn't matter, some other country that's safe. I'm I'm uh-huh. particular about being safe. I don't want to be um a couple of chaperones. That's for kids somewhere unsafe. Right. So, um, I, w- I know there's a lot of endurance riders out there that have the opportunity, and this is what we provide when they come here. We provide them a horse with the tack. We give them their entry free. We put them up in a place, um, normally a horse trailer or somewhere close by, mm-hmm. for a couple of days during the ride. And then they provide everything else. So like when we go over there, everything except for this year, because we're in the outback, we're getting our own accommodations has been provided for us, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to, while we're over there, we're going to, we're going to take the, take them and they're going to take a ride out on the beach. Um, um, We're also going to take a tour of this really neat place called Fraser Island. It's a, it's a really long Island that's got dingoes on it and it has, Australia is very surprising to me when I went the last time. It's got a lot of rainforest on it. And I was uh-huh. surprised at that. When mm-hmm. we got there, there was a lot of palm trees and 
things and a lot of eucalyptus trees too, which we don't have here, but California has a lot. I know that. Um, but we got to see a dingo when we went to the island. Hopefully they will again. Oh, good. Um, yeah, so anyways, but it would be, I've kind of lost my train of thought, but it would be nice to have some other countries we could go to that's closer. Um, I believe like Germany has rides like we have. Um, uh-huh. A lot of the countries have rides that are just races. But somewhere in those countries, they probably have tougher rides that are more like rides. But if they know and they can put together somewhere that they can get horses for us and get um, a ride for us, right. I'd love to hear from them. And they could con- contact the AERC office, org for that too. and just Or Karen. Um, they can contact can Karen contact. at horseradionetwork.com. Either, either one and Karen will get the information uh-huh. out to them. But uh, we okay. have to wrap right. with this segment. I think it's fun. That, that's so cool. I it's, mean, how many people get to do it that? It is cool. Youngster or not, right? Well, <laughs> so, hopefully yeah. a lot of them in the future is going to be going. All the ones going this year are 20 years old. So that's, oh, okay. the well, that's end terrific. Of their, at the end of the Young Riders, <laughs> yes. So well, thanks. Imagine, we imagine being 20 or t- turning 21 and getting told you're too old now. I know. <laughs> I know, I know. But well, the last time we took kids as, as as young as 14. So they we'll take them from all the ages. Oh, cool. Well, well what thanks, a great Connie. Well, thank you very much. Have, have fun. Talking to me. And thanks, Connie. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. What was the National uh, Lampoon one with the motorhome? That's all I could picture the whole time. Uh, they're <laughs> over there. <laughs> it's the movie. All right, let's take a break. For, uh, you know, can't change horses. I thought that was appropriate, saying she was talking about the fact that they have to change horses. Uh, Dan Roberts can't change horses, and we're going to be back with our next guest in just a second. You better look down that road before you get on. Turn around, take one last look behind. Hey, pick up a little Run it through your hands, then carve your favorite memories in your mind. Cause all you've ever dreamed of was riding the rodeo. Before you learn to hold on, you gotta learn to let go. You gotta learn that your time in the saddle ain't as rough as life in between. And the fence isn't there for you to straddle And you can't change horses in the middle of your dream Take time to study your back trail. 
Cause what you've learned today May help tomorrow But leaving is the only way to tell Well you can't put a price tag On the fun and rodeo But you don't get a free ride You'll pay as you go You gotta learn that your time in the saddle Ain't as rough as the life in between isn't there for you to straddle And you can't change horses in the middle of your dream Hey, you gotta learn that your time in the saddle Ain't as rough as a life in between And the fence isn't there well, that's Dan Roberts. You can find all of his music at oldbootsmusic.com. And that song, of course, is called Can't Change Horses. That's great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun song. I love that song. So now your next guest is ready. Oh, but you know oh, what? I just saw a post on the American Endurance Ride before we get to your next guest and on their Facebook page. And they mm-hmm. asked, is endurance trail driving a thing? And it is a thing. It's it's really popular in the Midwest. Uh-huh. Um you know, I haven't seen any long distance trail drives down here, but in the Midwest, I know it's a thing. Indiana and Illinois, and and apparently and Nevada has some here in Nevada. Yeah, yes, there, there's yeah. Uh, the Nita group. In fact, my junior drove a mini horse in a cart on Sunday. Please tell me, not a hundred and- miles. No, no, it was like three miles. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> but she had a blast. It is fun. And, you know, we don't have to worry about where to strap our packs. We have lots of place to put our stuff. <laughs> That's the definite advantage to not riding. Just saying. Yeah, I know. But riding is fun. <laughs> but you know what? We can't go over logs. We can't be on narrow trails. There's a lot of restrictions, too. And that's, I think, the reason that it hasn't become more popular is it's very limited, the number of trails that can handle a wide carriage. So That's true. Yeah. Yes, that, that's probably I mean, true. You know, even, yeah, I, I learned that riding the quad along when I ride with the juniors when they're riding my horses and I'm on the quad. I'm like, there are places I can't go. The horses can go anywhere. They're like the ultimate all-terrain vehicles. Right. It's true. Now, we have a forest here that's huge, and uh, we, that has carriage trails all through it. And it, there's a lot of different trailheads around here for riding. And what Jennifer and I do is we go and we actually walk around and make sure the carriage can fit. Uh, uh, good but, plan. <laughs> but I'll tell you how that – it just does freak out the riders when, when they come across us. I think the riders are more freaked out than the horses because they think their horses are going to be freaked out. And some of the horses are freaked out at the carriage, so we always have to warn everybody. <gasps> and then, you know, I either pull off and let them go by slowly. or It's amazing that how that cart will freak horses out. And I think wow. it's mostly because the riders are freaked out. Yeah. yeah. My, my horse right now, he's been freaked out because the neighbors down the street have goats. And he stands out front and snorts at them. (laughs) And it's like he's been past, they've been there a year. He goes past them every day when he goes on a ride. (laughs) But all of a sudden, for some reason, he is snorting at them. I'm never going to figure out these Arabs. (laughs) Well, you know, it's donkeys around here that get Nigel Jennifer's horse. The donkeys will run up to the fence, and that's it. Nigel's had enough of donkeys. (laughs) So Scooter wants to go over and say hi and, you know, play with them. But Nigel's like, I'm out of here. That donkey's going to eat me. I know. Well, and then my other horse, he's like, why are you afraid of the goats? There's this 
crack in the pavement that you yeah, should be worried right, about. That's right. That's right. Goat's fine. <laughs> okay. So our next guest is Erin Riley Kelly, who is managing a brand new uh, multi-day ride. We, she was on a couple months ago to tell us about the ride. And this weekend she went out and marked some trail. So she's going to give us a little bit of update on the trails and how the ride's coming together and uh, other information. So welcome, Erin. Um, Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. And so, um, so we're, everybody in the West region is excited about this new Pioneer Ride because we only have, I think, the Wild West Pioneer Ride left in the region. We used to have several more. So we're excited to see a new one. What's come. a Pioneer Ride? Let's start with that, Karen. <clears throat> a Pioneer Ride is a minimum of 155 miles. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me take a sip of my coffee okay. here. So it's a long ride over three days. So basically yes, you're doing or, 50 miles or, a day. Or. It's a minimum. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so uh, it gives people the chance they can ride one horse all the days or bring more than one okay, horse. You, you are question. able to change horses from day to day uh, if you'd like, because each individual day is a separate event by itself as well as the entire three-day uh, pioneer ride. Um, and, and they're just, it's a lot of fun because, you know, you're camping out with your friends for a week or almost a week. And this one is over Memorial Day weekend. So it's over a holiday weekend. And, uh, so, um, Aaron, tell us how did the trails look this weekend? Oh my gosh, it was gorgeous out there. I'm super excited for, because Nevada had such a good winter, there's still some snow up top, but it was plenty warm. It, the weather was absolutely beautiful, but the wildflowers aren't in as bloom or blooming as much as I had hoped, but two weeks can do a lot if mm-hmm. they get a little bit of heat. But because of that, there is so much water on the trail and the trails in really nice shape. Um, there will be a lot of area to move out. And the rocky areas are just, you know, slow down and walk for the rocks. But other than that, like, there are quite a few areas to just move out, even in the high country. And um, it was just in really pristine condition because of all the grass and everything on the trail as well. Erin, I got a question for you. So when you start a brand new ride like this, how do you figure out, do you, do you use Google Maps to figure out the trails and where to go? Are you winging it? What do you do? Um, well, it's a working cattle ranch, so we have had to chase after cows through some of these areas. And so we just kind of, when we find somewhere nice after chasing after cows, we kind of wing it and we're like, that was a great trail. That would work. (laughs) So, so that's how you do it? You you really are just piecing it together like that? Yeah, I mean, we know of quite a few existing trails on the ranch that, you know, we ride the quads and everything on. Um, And they're not over, none of those trails out there are overly used. So even the ones that are like quad roads or ranch roads are still really nice footing because they're hardly used. So... So I would um, say, Karen, some of them- we were just talking about uh, horses being afraid of donkeys <laughs> and goats and things. Uh, if your horse doesn't <laughs> like cows, this might not be the ride for you. Um, <laughs> well, we actually have them pushed up to the north end of the ranch, okay. and the ride is on the south oh, end good. of the ranch. Okay. But 
There are a few that we missed. We saw them this last weekend. And, oh, and it's a big ranch. They tend, <laughs> it is huge. Huge. It's 375,000 acres between the private land and the uh, BLM permitted land. Yeah, but we know how that goes. If your Arab does not like cows, <laughs> there will be a cow in the middle of the path. Guaranteed, oh. 375,000 <laughs> acres or not. It's, it's, oh, they'll yes. probably run from the horses. <laughs> Yeah, they're not they're not the type of cows that see people all the time. So usually when we see them, they take off running. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> now, are there going to be many gates or will the gates all be open? Well, luckily, because we have the cows pushed up north, almost there might be one gate. I think everything else we can leave open. Oh, good. Good, good. And so... Yeah. Describe the trail. I know you have a limited distance and a 50 or 55 all three days. So kind of give us an overview of where the trail is going to go for each of the distances and if the vet, where the vet checks are and stuff. Well, we will have, so um, it is a potluck the night before the ride. So Thursday night is a potluck. And then I believe it's Thursday night and then uh-huh. lunch is provided every day because awesome. we are having our vet check out on the ranch. Terrific. So everybody will, yeah, everybody will come out there and get to send crew bags if they want uh, any of their own stuff, but we'll have everything out there at the ranch. And um, so you'll ride out of the fairgrounds and it's a fairly, it's an, a little downhill grade all the way out to the start and then you'll hit the hills and come out. But we have to, there's about seven miles of trail that we in and out of the fairgrounds every day. We are, you know, we have to use to get to the Sure. To get in and out. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So those will be easy miles for people that they can just kind of warm up their horses and then hit the hills and climb a little bit and then come back down and, um, you know, it's different for all three days. We're trying to get everybody up into the Aspens, which are absolutely beautiful. And um, in the pinion pines, like, you know, we're trying to take people all over the ranch so that they can see a little bit of everything. And especially for the LD riders, because we've had a few people say, are we going to get to see the Aspens too? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Good. That's our plan. Good. We're trying to make it nice for them as well, that they don't have to just ride the flatter areas. Okay. So are you going to have one vet check or more than one each day? No, we are planning. We're right now we're planning to run it with one vet check every day for those who have done, um, lots of other multi-days. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's great having lunch provided that that's always great. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then we have Susan McCartney as our head vet and, okay. um, and Ann Williams and Walt Mandeville. So. Oh, okay. I think Walt's from Fallon, isn't he? I think yes. he, he vets the so. high desert ride, which is also coming up this next weekend. This weekend. And then yeah. your rides the weekend after that. Yeah. That's great. And tell us about the water crossings. Um, none of the, the water crossings all have really good bottoms. Um, okay. there will be one meadow, possibly two, 
that um, had a little water running in them. So, you know, they have a ton of room for people to spread out so that they don't go across the same trail and it doesn't get overly boggy. I walked it on foot and it wasn't too bad, but it, um, it was, it is what it is. You know, there's water there and there's, I think people just can kind of try to pick the best trail right through those areas, but all the water crossings have really good bottoms. They're not huge, nothing steep going into them. Um, So there'll be plenty of natural water on the trail. Yeah. Plenty of natural Mm -hmm. water on the trail, especially um, once you get up into the high country and we have um, cow and sheep waters up there. Um, The, water troughs for people to go to so and then down on the flats we've got ponds that will just pump out of the ponds and have water there available okay and do you still need some volunteer help on any of the days oh yes we would absolutely love volunteer help anybody who we have gotten on some applications people have said um on the days I'm not riding, I would like to volunteer, and we very much appreciate that. So if people want to reach out to us and volunteer on the days that they're not riding, we okay. would love that. And if they could possibly put down what kind of job they would like to do, if they are qualified to do like PNRs, <laughs> the pulse and respirations, that would be great. If they would rather be um, working it's- at the timing, in timing, okay. out timing, that would Okay. Be nice. Yes. And I talked to my junior's grandmother and she was excited that I volunteered both of her girls to volunteer (laughs) on the days they're not writing. She said, good for them. Wonderful. And their experience. They've they've volunteered at at several of the NASTAR rides over the years. So um, I'm hopefully people listening will um, get in touch with you or, and. And this is sort of North central Nevada. It is quite... um, From what I'm seeing here, it's pretty rural. (laughs) It is. It it is pretty rural, and it is pretty central. Like, we have... um, We were just in the grocery store and spoke with uh, to the owner of the grocery store and said, hey, we're going to have a bunch of people coming in, so you guys might want to stock up a little bit. And he appreciated that we let him know. Oh, good. Good. So So there's going to be... There'll be 50 instead of 10 that week at the grocery store. Um, <laughs> Correct. Yes. Well, we already have fifty-four riders, so, <laughs> so good. you've tripled this business in one week. <laughs> yeah, <Nice>. exactly. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is beautiful, though. I've I've been looking at it while on while you guys have been talking. I've been in Google Maps looking at it. It is beautiful country. It is beautiful country. A lot of people don't realize that once you get up into the higher country of Nevada, it really changes. I know some people think Nevada is just a desert that they're thinking Las Vegas, I guess they don't realize that we have so many mountain ranges and it's gorgeous up there. And it's part of Nevada that nobody goes to. They go to Las Vegas, they go to Reno, Carson city. Nobody goes to that middle part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. They so, go when they come out to ride a multi-day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can go now. Well, everybody's yeah. excited <clears throat> for this new ride. We are too. <clears throat> oh. So thank you again. We are too. Uh, thank Aaron, you. Erin for joining us and I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. The same here. Thank you, Karen. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. Y- <clears throat> you too. Bye. There actually is a shanty town, by the way. Mm-hmm. 
There's a shanty town, and it's a tiny little town that looks like it. It looks like shanty. T- it looks just what you would imagine shanty town to be. Okay. okay. Not sure it has a grocery store, to be honest. But yeah, this ranch is going to be a lot of fun to get to ride on. And how awesome they've got the gate. It's I don't know huge. if you've been to cattle country, <laughs> but those gates, those cowboys take pride in making the gates as hard as possible <laughs> to open and close. And, they, so the fact and a lot of them have, have those open, little grady things on the roads and the, the paths. Uh, it's, the, yeah, the cattle guards. They so can't be much fun to ride over either. No, well, that's why on the side they've got a gate. Yeah. And we call them cowboy gates. And sometimes they're really hard to get. It takes a couple of us to get them open and closed again. And I've been on rides where like every half a mile or a mile, there's a gate. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's and so you're on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off. And the thing is, is they're so hard to do. You, you can't just automatically have the junior do it you have to get off and do it <laughs> and so so i'm going to appreciate the fact that that they're going to have the gates open and that the cows are mostly moved off of the range so um i did find yes, the ranch uh, and it is huge even on the map <laughs> oh is it okay it's huge Three hundred seventy thousand acres is big it is yeah. It is. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you get to do so. And it's, it must be fun, especially with you. You've been, you've done so many rides over and over and over again. Uh-huh. And I know they change up the trails occasionally and stuff, but it must be fun to go to a brand new place. It, it is. Yes. We're really looking forward to it. And, uh, so, you know, so it's, it, and it's nice to see everybody <clears throat> on Facebook is talking about it and saying they're, they're planning on going. So, uh, um, hopefully they're going to have a successful turnout. And well, rides are in full swing across the country. Where can people find them? They are aarc.org actually is the easiest way to go look and then click on the ride calendar for those that are interested in riding or volunteering. As you heard, ride managers, especially new ones with new rides, need help. So, and it doesn't, you know, if you're not experienced, that's okay because you can learn. Um, or even if you're, you don't feel that you're ready to be a timer or pulse checker, you can just help the riders hold their horses for them, offer to, you know, bring them water for the horse or lunch or, you know, whatever. Uh, Just all, there's all sorts of jobs that are available for a volunteer. Um, And also uh, we're running out of time here. National trails day is June 1st. It is. So, uh, Check that out for anybody that wants to go look at the trails in their area. Just Google it. National Trails Day, June 1st. And you can find Karen at karenchatton.com. All of their past mm-hmm. blog posts and everything are there. Go check that out. And if you want to find past episodes of The Endurance Show, it's easy to do. Just go to horsesinthemorning.com. Scroll down to the middle of the page. You're going to see all the uh, monthly shows that we have. You're going to see Endurance is one of them. Click on the icon, Mm -hmm. and it'll bring you all past episodes, like lots of them. You can't listen to them all, possibly. So you want to go go there to check those out as well. We'll be back tomorrow. Lisa and I will be here. Lisa Waisaki and I will be here on Horses in the Morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. And then Fox Hunting is coming up on Thursday. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Glenn. Everybody wear your helmets and be safe out there.